following message is presented by Community Gospel Church in Bremen, Indiana. It is our great privilege to share this ministry with you. We in no way intend for this to be a replacement for the local church. It is our prayer that this would serve as a resource to help make Jesus Christ known in our congregation and other congregations gathering across the world. For more information about Community Gospel Church, visit www.communitygospelchurch.com. Sundays, but we want to invite Pastor Jordan now to come up, and he is going to talk to us a little bit about baptism and what it means and what the gospel is. So Bethany is my wife, and um, yep, that happens every day. I live with that, so <laughs> i let that. What a joy. What a joy it is. Um, we're both intense in a little bit different ways, um, but uh, I was raised in the, in the church. Uh, my dad was a pastor for 40-some-odd years, and um, when we get to Baptism Sunday, we need to explain. My dad always says, he says, be clear, be clear, be clear. And as we get here, there's an importance of being clear. In the pews, you'll see little white books, and we have put those little white books for anybody who um, is curious about what we're doing here in this place. Uh, our beliefs are in there, and they're not our beliefs. They're God's beliefs about how this world operates. Um, so you'll see essentially our statement of faith and what it means um, to know the Lord. You'll, you'll see who is God, who is Jesus, who is the Holy Spirit, all of those things. Um, sadly, in the, in the American church right now, um, doctrinal statements are missing, which is sad. Um, because we need to know what, what God says about how to conduct our lives and what we know about Him. And then um, in the church, I grew up in the church, like I said, and we didn't have um, pads on pews. As a matter of fact, they were just wooden pews. And when I was a kid, I used to take Hot Wheel cars, and I would slide them as my dad was preaching from one end of the pew all the way to the other. And so I thought I was highlighting his points. You know, I was like, he'd say something, and you'd hear this, you know. And one day he got tired of it, and he looked at me, and he said, Jordan, right in the middle of a sermon. And I said, oh, man, I'm in trouble now. Uh, And he said, stop it. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, so I'm never going to be a pastor, and uh, that's not going to happen. I don't don't want that. And so it's proof that you never tell God your plans. Because in a moment, things can change, right? Just in, in a moment, things can change. We believe that Sundays like this, in a moment, things can change. People in Mississippi right now knew that things can change fast. One of the things that we need to be clear on is this thing called the gospel. Out at our um, sign, it says community gospel. Community is because we have fellowship because of that gospel. Well, what is the gospel? Well, the gospel is outlined in those little white books. And the gospel has bad news, and then it has good news. The bad news is, I hate to break it to you, but you're a sinner. It's really fun to look at people and say that in church. So look at the person next to you and just say, you're a sinner. (laughs) So the condemnation this morning was from not the pastor, from the people, right? Just throwing that out there. It does. It says you're a sinner. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. God just like cuts to the point, right? He's like, for all have sinned. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. It doesn't take long to figure that out. Everybody is a sinner. God set a standard in his Bible, 
In the Old Testament, we have these first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And they are the law. And essentially, this law is God tells us to do this, and we, uh, and we don't do it. And then God says, don't do this, and so we, we do that. And then after the law, you get all of these history books. And in all those history books, you get examples of people who either did what God wanted them to do and experienced blessing, or didn't do what God wanted them to do and experienced judgment. And when we don't do what God tells us to do, we experience judgment. You stand condemned as a sinner. And so the bad news gets worse. I hate to break it to you, right? I mean, I know the sun is starting to come out, but you have to start with bad news before you get good news. And the bad news getting worse is it says, for the wages of sin is death. Now, I'm so proud of these people who are making public declarations of faith that they've trusted Christ And baptism is a little somber for me sometimes because when we get here, there have been people who have been baptized in this tank who are no longer with us. It's a reminder to us that our lives on this world and this earth are fleeting. They're short. Because we have sinned, there is death. It's what we earned. We earned that. It's what you deserve. So many people look at that and they say, I don't deserve that. You do deserve that. Because you're a sinner, you deserve death. And for some odd reason, for us, we drive by cemeteries and funeral homes, and we like to put the blinders on a little bit. We look at ourselves and say, well, I'll just ignore that. I'll just just worry about that when that time comes. But in a moment, things can change. 26 people in Mississippi died. They probably woke up that morning and thought, it's going to be a good day. They had everything planned out, everything according to what they wanted to do. And God had different plans. And so there's bad news, the bad news gets worse, but then there's good news. It's the most quoted verse in all of the Bible, but John chapter 3 verse 16 says that God so loved the world. Thank the Lord that God loved me, because I'm a special case. (laughs) That God loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting and eternal life. Now, you know John 3.16, and if you've been here for... Any extent of time, you're going to be like, he's going to say John 3.17, and I am. Because John 3.17 to me is better than John 3.16, and I know you're not supposed to rank Bible verses, but I do it. John 3.17 says that Jesus came into the world not as a condemnation, but as a salvation. So Christ died on the cross for the sins of the world. And his blood that was shed was sufficient for the entire world. But it is only efficient for those who would believe that that blood covers their sins. In the Old Testament, you have the shedding of temporary blood, things like sacrifices, like bulls. And they would bring them to the temple and they would, they would slaughter these bulls and it would essentially be an atonement for sin. It would be a covering for the people's sin. And the people in the Old Testament longed to understand if there was something that would be a permanent sacrifice, a permanent covering of their sins. And sure enough, you have the law, then you have the history books, then you have some wisdom books, and then you get into these things called prophetic books, and there's big prophets, and there's small prophets, and all these small prophets, and all these big prophets talk about this guy who will come, and he will die on a cross for the sins of the world. And if you place your faith and trust in him, you will be saved. And so there's 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. 
And then you get in the New Testament, and this Jesus guy shows up. A perfect man and a perfect God. 100% man, 100% God. He is tested to sin, but never sins. Jesus lives a perfect life. And he goes to the cross and he dies a perfect death. He is a perfect sacrifice. His blood covers sin. It is sufficient for the entire world, but is only efficient for those who would believe in him. So the good news is that Christ died on the cross. Now here's the problem is in America, especially American Christianity, we have a head knowledge of that belief. We believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We believe educationally that his blood covers that sin. But there's a problem because in the text, after you get through the Gospels, you get into these pastoral letters, these letters that were handed down to churches. And one of those letters talks about how the fact that the demons in hell believe with the same belief. So why do the demons, who are obviously against God, populate for eternity hell with a knowledge of the fact that Christ died on the cross. Because there's no internal transformation. There's no confession of sin. There's no repentance. In the book of Acts, it says, if you confess your sin, if you confess, if you repent of your sin, and if you trust Christ, then you will be saved. And when we confess our sin and repent of our sin, we are turning 180 degrees from an old life into a new life. Where Christ says, I will give you my spirit. If you believe in me, I'll give you my spirit. Now, I could tell you my testimony, but I'm going to let nine people tell you their testimonies. Of how they confessed with their mouth and believed in their heart that Jesus Christ was Lord. Because for them, the good news didn't stop at the fact that it was good news. The good news got better because they believed upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and were saved. And that's the gospel. That Christ came, that he died, and that he rose again, and he wants a relationship with you. Now oftentimes we say that we're accepting Christ into our heart. I don't think... That's necessarily bad, but I think it doesn't give it full justice of the fact of the acceptance of the gospel. Because I am transformed. I am made new in a relationship with Christ. Somebody asked me a while ago, they said, if you were to die today and go to heaven, and Jesus were to ask you, why should I let you in? Or should I let you in? What, should, what would you tell him? I said, well, first of all, I'd look at Jesus and i say, you shouldn't let me in. Of all the people in all the world, like, that would be not a great idea. He'd probably look at me and be like, you're right. (laughs) But as Jesus was asking me that question, if he was looking at me and he'd say, should I let you in? I would say, you shouldn't. But, But hold on a second. Your word says you promised and you've never broken a promise. In all of the Bible, God's never broken a promise. And you promised That if I confessed my sins and believed upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I was saved. I put my faith and trust in you at that moment, but then I've also been putting my faith and trust in you in all the moments of life. Through the death of friends and parents, through the deaths of trials and tribulations, through hardships, 
All I knew was Christ. All I had was Christ. When friends deserted me, it was Christ. When relationships failed, it was Christ. When job situations and circumstances fell short, it was all about you. So you said, Jesus, that if I confessed my sin, believed upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'd be saved. I put my faith and trust in you. And you said, that makes me a child of God. And you know what he'd look at me and say? Let's go. He would take my hand and he would Walk with me. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, not of works. You can't work for it. I would love to say that you could work for your salvation, but you can't. How would you know that you've done enough? There is no gigantic scoreboard in the sky that says, here's your good deeds and here's your bad deeds, because even my good deeds in the eyes of God are not that good. I've fallen short of his standard. And so it is grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all of my sin. These nine people who are going to step up, they're going to tell you their testimony of when they confessed their sin, believed upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and are now ready to publicly declare that relationship with you. And Jesus gives us such a beautiful example, a beautiful symbol of how we can show people that we know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The baptism waters don't save you. Baptism actually means two things. One, it means that you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, meaning that you have confessed your sins, believed upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you are entered into the family of God. You're immersed with God through faith in Christ. And then the second form of baptism is the fact that it's a public declaration of that internal transformation through water. And so these people are going to come up, and they're going to give these testimonies of when they came to know Christ, And then they're going to go into this water, and what we're going to see here is a visual picture of what happened when they put their faith and trust in Christ. As they go down in the water, that old sinful nature goes down into the water. And the waters of baptism symbolize Christ's blood that came and just covered all of that sin. He washed me. He made me new. And then when they come up out of the water, the reason that we clap and celebrate is because it's a symbol of the fact that the new has come. The old is gone. The new has come. It's a picture. That baptism water doesn't save you. Faith and trust in Christ saves you. And these people have made declarations that they have trusted Christ. Now, my question is, as you listen to these nine testimonies, where do you stand? Because it's one thing to come into a church and see this and have this emotional experience, but emotional experiences don't save you. God is not a God of confusion. God is a God of clarity. And he looks at you every time that you hear the testimonies of the saints. He says, do you want a relationship with me? Do you want to put your faith and trust in me? Now, let me just tell you something to be fully transparent with you. I sat in church for a long time before I put my faith and trust in Christ. And I had what many of you probably have is a head knowledge of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. For those of you that grew up in the church, I won some Awana awards. (laughs) But those awards were nothing unless they seeped down into my heart and caused transformation. Have you confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord? Do not walk out of those doors without making the best decision that you will ever make. Now, that's the call to the lost. Church, 
as you hear these testimonies this morning, this is ammunition for us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those who are far from him. There are places that you populate and you need to open your mouth. This should be such a catalytic event where you get the opportunity to say, I need to tell my coworkers and my family and my friends and all the people around me about Jesus and what he has done. It's time for us to awaken church and share our testimony about how God saved me. You, you look at me and you say, Jordan, what's your testimony? You got five minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, four hours, whatever it is. I'll make it as short or as long as you want. And at the end of it, I'll ask you that question. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you confessed your sins and believed upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? That's our prayer for you. Now, also... Um, I look really intense on baptism Sundays because I'm so nervous for all of these people. (laughs) I feel like when I wake up in the morning, just all their nerves just like move into my body and I get really nervous for them. So if you would, could I pray for them and for you too as well? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word and the fact that it is truth. We thank you, God, for the gospel. The fact that Christ came Christ died, Christ rose again. Same prayer that I just prayed. If there's people here today who do not know you as Savior and Lord, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. As they hear the testimonies from these people about who they are in Christ, that it would stir up something in their heart. And I pray so specifically, God, that their hands would be moved from their pockets into the pews and they would pick up that little white book and they would open it up and they would read the gospel as we're hearing people's testimonies. And as they read the gospel, that they would not just read it and not just have a head knowledge of it, but they would accept it. They would confess their sins, believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. And I pray God has... These individuals are making these testimonies that us as a church would be awakened. A great awakening would happen here at Community Gospel Church. That today would be the day where we call grandma or mom or dad or aunt or uncle or friend or family member, whoever that might be, and say, hey, I've done you a disservice. I want to tell you about Jesus. I want to tell you about what Jesus has done for me and what he can do for you. Lord, right now we're seeing so many people who are silent in regards to their testimony. And I pray that you would loosen their lips and help them to publicly profess the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that there would be clarity today for these nine individuals who are giving testimony. I pray that we would see Jesus today. His power, what he's capable of doing, how he restores and renews, how he awakens. I pray God for a calming right now of hearts. And I pray that you would give peace that passes all understanding. And then you would also, Lord, I've been praying this for like three weeks, that you would just give us a joy that is just so unshakable. That we would just be so excited that the world just gets so agitated about the fact that we love Jesus. So would you give us the opportunity today to celebrate you through the baptisms of these saints. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, let's get this party started. Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, 
Simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab.